What are the elements to consider when looking for influencers? And is the simplest way to start to start with your own customers? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format by now, which, you know, I get as many people still finding us every week, let me tell you a little bit about it. Each month, we focus on a different marketing method, could be email or SEO, Facebook ads, etc. And each week, I interview a different marketing method expert to explore their latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. This month is all about influencer marketing. We've already looked at how to grow your influencer marketing campaigns. We've also looked at podcast advertising, which is really interesting and not as difficult as you think form of influencer marketing. And in today's episode, we're getting to the nitty gritty of how to find those influencers. We're going to be talking about the criteria you need to consider as you select your influencers and as you go about finding them. And we're also going to do quite a bit of discussing around how it all, or potentially one of the best ways of starting or or getting going at the moment is to start with your own customers. We're going to get into all of that, plus some things which which have bent my mind uh, in this episode too. We're going to get into all of that very, very shortly with today's guest. But before we do, please check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with influencer marketing expert, Jenny Tsai. Six years ago, Jenny left the world of media and publishing to create the influencer marketing insights platform that the brilliant big fashion brands she was working with needed. Wearisima is now a key part of the influencer marketing activity of brands as diverse as New Look, and Summers, Made.com, Michael Kors, Clarins, and even Hermes. Working with such a variety of brands means Jenny and her team are at the cutting edge of how influencer marketing is evolving. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Hello, Chloe. Good to be here today. It's great to have you here. Now, how did you how did you decide and end up getting into influencer marketing? Yeah, it was a bit of a journey. Um I started Wurzma in 2015 while I was still very much in the media business. Um, And what I could see was just that social media was completely transforming the way brands communicate and interact with people, consumers and social media users. Um, So, yeah, I thought that this is a huge opportunity um, to really combine, you know, the data side, the human creativity side to really communicate much more effectively online. So I jumped in. I must say that when we first started, we weren't sure what shape influencer marketing was sort of taking place, right? All the people who are creating amazing content online, attracting their own audiences, like what brands can do with this. Um, so actually our first, um, our first product was actually an affiliate app, you know, basically helping brands kind of drive traffic um, directly from influencers' recommendation, uh, which actually was really interesting. And then gradually, we kind of evolve and build more and more functionality and understanding um, into this world. So that's how it started. 
it does feel like influencer marketing has kind of solidified a little bit. Obviously not very much, but <laughs> solidified a little bit in the last kind of 12, 18 months. Is that something you're feeling too? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, with the world sort of in lockdown with the pandemic and so on, you know, there's really not a whole lot of ways for people to really learn about um, what's happening. So uh, quite a lot of time people are um, on social media, talking to each other, um, discovering new things, new products, doing shopping online and so on. So yeah, influencer marketing really became one of the main, main ways um, for commerce and for marketing to take place. Well, look, we are here, um, as much as I'd like to talk about, you know, how influencer marketing has been evolving, we are supposed to be talking about how people go about getting the right influencers for their business. Because as you mentioned, this is really all about a new way of communicating. So the voice of the communication is clearly paramount to success and ability to sleep at night. <laughs> so um, Absolutely. So how, how does someone you know, go out there and find the right influencers for their brand? Yeah, so this is such an interesting topic, such a fascinating one because I think um, through since we started until now, we've seen huge evolution in the sophistication that's now taking place amongst marketeers in the selection process. So, at the very beginning, I think people tend to be, you know, in in the world of who do I know? Okay, let me go on social media and then let me find the person's profile. Oh, I know this person. Look at this person's profile. Yeah, it looks cool. And then you know. And basically bring them on board and, and and organic discovery that you know that makes a lot of sense in terms of initially when you're trying to build up some relationship and then gradually as the number of influencers and accounts and topics and the kind of thing people cover gets more and more complicated it becomes very difficult to judge it based on just look and feel so and um, what we provide and what we're seeing a lot of the marketeers um, started to do is to not sort of kind of imagine like diving to the sea and just start looking for things because that's so overwhelming. Um, but rather, they kind of started thinking about, okay, what does my brand stand for? What is the purpose, the objective of my communication? What do I want to say? And then what they want to do is to find people, influencers in particular, who already are either um, big supporters of the brands, so they may already, you know, advocate for your brands, um, having been customers themselves or have covered, you know, the products before and recommended them, um, or people who actually are in your space um, that are very active in terms of the the sort of positioning causes and the kind of USP that that you go for. So you know, people becomes a lot more deliberate in understanding this sort of fit um, between what influencers regularly talks about, regularly publish, and what they are trying to accomplish. So that that is a very, very big part of influencer marketing now. Other considerations that people also do when they consider influencers is to think about performances of influencer. So there's a lot of benchmarks that um, tools like our ourselves can allow you to discover. So, you know, it's this engagement rate of people, of this follower groups, of this content category, good or bad, right? So you kind of wanted to have a sense around that um, in terms of whether or not this person is primarily, I don't know, more of a food influencer or when this person talks about homeware, people are equally engaged, right? So you want to know that too. 
And then the final part is to understand, you know, if they have the sort of different communities or audiences that that is relevant to you, right? So you also wanted to figure that out. So I think all these considerations, um, you kind of want to have a place you can go to, whether it be an analytics platform or you are sort of thinking about whom you've worked with, but just to get a sense of whether they are A, the right fit for your brand, given what they talk about, and two, whether the performances are good, the track records are good. And then finally, whether they have the right types of audience for you. What I think is really interesting about the way where you've outlined that is I think in the beginning, people were just doing the B part, the performance benchmarks side of it. They were kind of going, find me the five biggest influences in fashion, you know, and we'll, we'll approach them. And that's, that's how we'll do it. And, and then we kind of evolved towards find me the five biggest influencers in fashion who have an audience in the UK. So we've kind of gone a little bit into C. And then the new bit, the bit which is, you know, is kind of super powering campaigns and is also the hardest one to do because you can't just go onto Upwork or Fiverr or get a tool to, you know, find you the five biggest fashion influencers with audience in the UK Mm. is to get that kind of the content fit which I I guess takes it into the realms of true partnership as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many reasons why doing that fit investigation is important, right? I mean, you know, as a brand operating in the social media landscape, it's not a one-way street. It's not you just communicate and then no one ever talks back at you. (laughs) But people do talk back. And today, if you are being seen as, you know, doing something kind of, you know, there's this term like tokenistic marketing. Like if you were just picking a group of people just for the sake of certain things and those people have nothing to do with what your brand stands for and haven't, you know, talked about similar topics, then it just comes across as, you know, inauthentic and consumers really um, don't like that. Um, And you can also see even on the performance front, it actually suffers where a lot of things are just so clearly advertising and you know they otherwise wouldn't be saying that without the payment part of it right so so you can see definitely there are campaigns where people actually you know uh, people are not really engaging with it as a result so it is all sort of connected that having better fit is not only sort of allowing kind of your community to be like oh okay you're very thoughtful in terms of whom you engage with but also that it drives better performances because naturally those people who follow this influencer already are kind of converted um, to the cause and or the messaging that you have in mind. So, I, I love that phrase, tokenistic marketing. And I want to explore it a little bit further just so people really get what we're talking about. Because to my mind, the point where it was kind of really, really obvious was in companies' reaction to Black Lives Matter. And we had some brands who went, oh gosh, I really support the movement, but I've no idea what to do. So I'm not going to do anything. And that was a much better response. They should have tried to do something, I think, but much better response than going, let's find, going back to my example from earlier, let's find five black fashion influencers with an audience in the UK who maybe we sell hiking gear and they talk fast fashion, but hey, we'll pay them some money and we'll feel good about ourselves. It, that's what we're talking about. A bit of an extreme example, but that's what we're talking about, isn't it? We're talking about tokenistic marketing. Yeah, I think I think going back to the slight distinction between simply picking influencer just because they fit certain kind of, you know, profiles um, versus picking 
influencers who genuinely you can see from the track record, from the communities, from the content, from the discussions that they've generated, that they're very, very passionate on the causes that you are passionate about it too. And I think the results are just so different because, you know, if people can tell that the only reason why someone is included in the campaign is because you want to kind of lay out everyone in the campaign on a on screen and then say you've done something versus these individuals are actually the ones engaging and contributing to the communities um, that you want to reach out to, to show that you care. It's just a completely different impact. So it does matter a lot whether people are actually doing, saying what they do and doing what they say. Yeah. So true. Um, okay. I think we've explained tokenistic now. So I want to go back to something else you said about that that difficult part of finding people with the right fit, because algorithmically quite hard to do. It does take a bit of manpower. But one of the one of the things you mentioned early on was something I think it, which is kind of like the sneaky fast track to getting the right fit, which is to go after people who already love your product, which I think is often seen as kind of an inferior influencer marketing tactic. You people go, oh, what we just using our own customers. That doesn't really count as influencer marketing, but it really, it really does, doesn't it? And and ever more so at the moment. Yeah, I think when you put it that way, it just sounds like it should be obvious. Um, but I, <laughs> I think because it's difficult to to execute, I think that's why you know people were still sort of in a in a stage of let's pick the five biggest influencer and then just you know, cross our fingers and hopefully things work. Um, and, and and I think now it's a lot more sophisticated. So the way I think people are doing it now as a sort of main way to make sure you cover the basis is they, they think about creating a portfolio of influencers. So they think of it kind of like, you know, say like a pyramid. And so it's kind of like a program, um, like a loyalty program or reward program, right? Where you have kind of gold, silver, bronze tier, right? With different types of influencer. And to be fair, like every types of influencers would have certain types of contribution to your brand. So you can think of, you know, consumers could be, you can have a lot of consumer advocates, like all the people who actually recommended your brands because they come and they kind of really like the product. They already recommended organically um, to their friends and family. So those, um, Consumer advocates, what we what we call consumer advocates, are super super important for your for your brands, right? And and you should absolutely include them in your influencer kind of strategy because they can collectively actually generate a lot of advocacy engagement for your brand. And then you can kind of move up to have you know micro influencers, um, medium kind of size influencers, to the point where you can actually drive like you know in endorsement deals with celebrities and so on and so forth. So the idea is to basically engage with different groups of influencer with slightly different sort of rewards or different kind of engagement so that overall you have sort of a community of individuals who are all advocating for your brands. I love that. It's it's thinking of it as we don't have to pick one recruitment strategy for our influencers. Exactly we're able to kind of mix and match in the same way that, you know, most brands, they don't go on Facebook ads and only ever run one carousel talking about one product type. You have some ad campaigns where you spend a lot of money and it's big and it's important and it's top of funnel stuff and you have others which are really transactional. And I guess it's exactly the same with our influencers. And and would it be true to say that if we're running multiple types of influencer marketing, then the sum of the parts is much greater than the individual parts. Yeah, that is 
Absolutely the case. And, you know, what we're really looking at is, you know, think of different types of influencers being almost good at different parts, mm-hmm. right? So if you have a campaign with angles on awareness, consideration, conversions in different parts, you know, quite often some influencers are better at one area than the other, right? So you can literally build out your own map of, okay, I want these group of influencers to help me do X, that you know, groups of influence would help me do why, basically understanding if they are actually driving the right KPIs for you. So we're starting to really see this sort of um, growth in the way people are planning their campaigns. And it's much less about, oh, let's go out there and then find influencer and then just pay them. But rather, let's structure a program. And some influencers you can engage by providing them some sort of loyalty program and say, hey, you know, come to this section of the website you get to pick one free item per month, right? On on the, you know, the things that, or some sort of discount or some sort of voucher, and they could be very small influencers and or some sort of consumers and or so on. And then basically using platforms such as ours to kind of measure what proportion of them actually, you know, talk about you positively. And then you can kind of almost like kind of increase the reward as they do. Um, so there's a lot of ways to kind of structure it so that, you know, you can have a group of influencers you definitely engage with on huge marketing campaigns. And then you can do that that way as well. To give an example, actually, one of our customer and summers, um, they were, you know, running a campaign. I think it was last Halloween and so on. Before then, they actually went to their customer advocates group. So people who actually just generally talk about them. And from them, they actually selected individuals that they just wanted to include as part of their campaign. And it turns out that there was, you know, one of the customers, very organic, completely just, you know, just, just love the brand. And, you know, she's not the biggest influencer and or so on, but she just created such amazing content that people just engage with so much. And so they just basically brought her into part of the campaign. And she actually was the one that actually generated one of the highest engagements in the campaign amongst that, just because it's just some, she just created things that other customers can really connect to um, and just be like, oh, that's me. Like, I really, you know, I really just, you know, connect with that. So, you know, it can be really powerful. And just, it's something that I think a lot of the brands have overlooked because they just think, okay, I want the biggest or so on and so forth. And I think you, you, you're leading in there to a question I have to ask you, which is kind of, I know this is a terrible question, but it's a question I need to ask, which is how many influencers should we be working with? Because to, you know, to spot that one, you wouldn't have thought she was going to be the best for the Anne Summers campaign, but actually she's been a phenomenal influencer for us. You've got to be working with more than two or three people to spot kind of the diamonds in the rough, as it were. Yeah, I think the idea certainly is to systematize the way you work with influencer programs and you can literally work with hundreds if not thousands of people across the world like it's really about communities it's about it's it's not so much about here's a campaign here's my budget here's 10 people right it's about i would like to build a strong community of people who genuinely like the product and the brand and talks about it going forward, whether or not, you know, you actively engage and pay them or not, right? That you want this sort of brand advocacy. And to do so, you basically would create systematic programs where, you know, if they already have done X, you can thank them with Y. You can even just, you know, create email marketing, actually send to them and be like, thank you so much for ABCD, right? And then you can invite them to a special experience or store openings, right? And you can have a whole list of things that you can do actually in the 
scalable manner rather than sort of, you know, handwriting right one by one or, you know, signing contract one by one. Like it, it's just about engagement and building community and building that advocacy. And that's actually something that is probably the most powerful thing. Like actually one of the comparison I have with probably other marketing channel is I think building community is a little bit kind of like, I mean, not exactly the same, but kind of like SEO, right? Except you're dealing with people, not website ranking. But what you really should think about is how do I enlarge the size of the number of people who would advocate for my brand on social media? If they're influencers, yes, then a lot more people will hear about the recommendation. Um, but if they are just, you know, someone with a thousand followers, but who are actually very genuine about it, that would still, you know, drive a lot of positive um, advocacy for your brand. So what you want to do is to see that ranking or that sort of advocacy kind of volume goes up over time. And that's what you should be striving to build. Of course, the campaign along the way kind of help focus the sort of topics, right? Whether it's new product launches or new themes or holidays or whatever it is that you want people to engage with. But, you know, it's about continuously engaging with people rather than just one off and then just disappear after the campaign. I love that idea of thinking about it as a long-term piece. And I'm certainly getting the impression that if we start off with that core customer advocacy piece that's done via systems and is fairly automatable, but still got all that high quality content in it, then that's probably going to be the launch pad for everything else that comes out of our influencer marketing if we do it well, because that will identify all the rest of our influencers. But um, Jenny, we are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of influencer marketing. Do you know what the email and SMS marketing platform most frequently recommended by our podcast guests is? Yup, it's Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Jenny, so far we've gone deep into finding the right influencers. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of influencer marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with influencer marketing at all, which of course does include finding those influencers in the first place. Um, Jenny, are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's start with influencer marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with influencer marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? The thing that um, you should look for, again, are the three criteria. One is brand fit, whether they've talked about your brands before, performances, whether when they talk about your brand or other topics, the engagements and or whatever metrics you look for is good. And then finally, whether they're right reaching your audiences. And these are the things to certainly look out for and to think about as you plan your strategy. Excellent. Um, now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve influencer marketing performance? Favorite way is completely similar to any marketing channel that we're talking about. Measure 
measure, measure, <laughs> and then <laughs> look at the KPIs, look at the metrics, and then figure out where you can improve. So for sure, what we are seeing with influencer marketing is do not just measure the overall sort of impact of the campaign, right? What you wanted to think about is, you know, we just talked about different types. So you want to say, okay, for these ones, I want to look at, I don't know, CPM, these group, CPE, CPC, CPA, whatever it may be. And then you benchmark them and you say, okay, these top 10 influencers are doing really well. We'll keep for the next campaign. And then the other influencers, maybe I need to think about swapping because maybe the fit is not so great with my brand. So again, measure, iterate, um, and then optimize in that uh, virtuous circle. Excellent. And CPE is cost per engagement, I'm guessing? Exactly. Excellent. Uh, Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about influencer marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Yes. Actually, on our website, we have some free tools that you can download, which helps you to look at benchmarks of engagement rates for different follower groups and different geographies and so on. So take a look and then kind of see the influencers you're working with to see whether they are above or below industry average. So that's certainly one part worth looking at. Uh, We also launched this state of brand advocacy report, which has some very useful know-hows and stats, uh, which focus on the topic of how to create advocacy, how to start building communities, some of the things that we addressed today. So that's certainly a great set of resources. We also have a number of webinars that kind of go in to discuss it. So I think the videos are there. So that probably shouldn't cost you anything um, to do. Excellent. And um, how do we find your website? The website is www.wherisma.com. And how are we spelling where is my, just for, for, for fullness here? Well, of course, it is W-E-A-R-I-S-M-A. There we go. Whereismat.com, everybody. Uh, okay, it's crystal ball time now. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in influencer marketing? I will go back to the idea of brand advocacy. So think of the objective of your influencer marketing strategy is to drive the maximum volume of positive advocacy for your brand. And so in that case, do not forget to engage with your customers, with influencers, with celebrities, with press. Um, All these communities are super important to generate positive brand advocacy and should be part of your strategy as you engage with them. I love that way of thinking about it. Just how much brand advocacy can we create? I think it's a very freeing way of thinking about it. It's all connected, isn't it? Because what you want is the maximum amount um, of advocacy for your brand. Because we, we are living in this world where um, influencers overlaps with loyalty programs and VIPs and overlaps with PR, digital and offline, and overlaps with customer services and social. And it's like, where does it, where does it stop? Um, but I think that that objective of positive brand, yeah, you've given me plenty to ponder on through the rest of my afternoon and hopefully our audience, the rest of our audience's runs or cooking or whatever it is you guys are doing as you're listening to this today. Um, Jenny, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Yes, um, please. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to ping us an email um, at hello at warismod.com. That's hello at w-e-a-r-i-s-m-a.com. 
And the website is wearsma.com. And we're more than happy to share with you any insights um, and or um, any benchmarks or anything that you might be pondering about. Again, so happy to be here today. And Chloe, it's a real pleasure. Oh, it's awesome. been awesome having you here too, Jenny. Like I said, you've given me plenty to think about. Um, I've kind of left the realm of this podcast and my brain is now thinking about maximizing brand advocacy. So um, I think my your work here is certainly done. So um, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Right. Well, I've just uh, just turned off the recorder and gone and written down some notes so I can clear my head of my thoughts about everything Jenny was talking about in order to sum up this episode for all of you guys. I guess, you know, as Jenny kind of summarized a bit at the end there, you can't think of influencer marketing in a silo on its own. It impacts in so many other areas of your business and has the power to bring great impacts to so many other areas of your business. And it all starts with finding the right the right influencers. And you want those three criteria she mentioned. So the brand fit, do they share your company's mission and vision and values and the causes that you support? Do they get your story? And then secondly, have they got engagement on the topics you want to talk about? So what's the performance piece? And then thirdly, do they have a relevant audience for you? You know, because they might have all the rest of it, but their their audience is men and you're only selling products for women. So you've got to check that one off as well. And then I think just the idea of starting the whole thing with a customer advocacy piece, whether that's, as we were talking about last month, uh, you know, using a referral campaign system or whether it's doing a loyalty program as that system where you start those conversations and you start building it off. It's just a simple Facebook group. There are so many ways you can start building that that customer community. You can get links to everything that we discussed today, the full transcript of the episode, all our notes on it and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our influencer marketing specialists to join us for a live Q&A session. It's going to be your chance to get your questions answered and you can sign up at keepoptimizing.com. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, I mentioned referral programs and loyalty programs. And we covered all that last month. So scroll a little bit further up the podcast feed and you'll find those episodes if you want to delve in a little bit further in terms of how you can go about building that customer advocacy piece at the bottom of your influencer marketing pyramid and then let that fill the other levels for you. Please do tell your fellow marketers who are working on their influencer marketing about this show because, you know, we create it to help as many of you as possible. So it'd be great to be able to help them with their marketing plans too. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode, which is going to be awesome. um, So I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.